dream. But you're you're worried about your own team. You're coaching your daughter's I team. Am. I am. They're doing well though. I mean, they've been playing for like a year and a half. Year What's their years. record? Uh, they don't have they don't have seasons. It's crazy. They just have tournaments like every weekend. I see. And uh, if they don't win the tournaments, do you like do they have to sleep in the yard or anything like that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no food for a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because if anyone, if that anyone would think like that, yeah. I would think it would be the Mamba yeah, mentality. We're just running for two hours straight in practice. <laughs> no water breaks, nothing. Push-ups and sit-ups all day. How serious do you get? Like, are you guys breaking down game film? What's not, going not on? Not yet, but we will. You will. Okay. We absolutely will. <laughs> you know, what we try to do is we try to teach the kids what excellence looks like, right? And it's not that, you know, some of them may want to play in the WNBA. Some of them may not. Right. But we try to give them a foundation of the amount of work and preparation that it takes to be excellent in whatever it is that you choose to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're here playing basketball. We're going to focus on the details. We're going to learn the basics. We're going to learn the fundamentals. We're going to do those things over and over. And, uh, and hopefully it's something that they can apply to other areas in their life. Do you think your daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does, for sure. She like, does? I, I don't, I mean, this, this kid, man. She's Wouldn't like, that be great? Dude, man, I, I'm telling you. The, be, the, best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me and she'll be standing next to me and they'll be like, hey, you got to have a boy. You and V got to have a boy, man. You have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, oh, I got this. You know, boy, It's just still like almost like unbelievable. Like you still like kind of figure feel like at some point something will come out saying it was it wasn't them or yeah. Well, like we was talking earlier, <clears throat> it's just while while everybody realizes realizes that nobody is immortal, you know, everyone yeah. is going to die. When you see when you when you see an athlete or, or just a person uh, you know a, a public figure as big as Kobe was and the way that he kind of personified himself you know it was just almost like he was untouchable yeah you just never expect to see something like that you know uh especially for him at such a young age I know I told you all that I saw like the TMZ report three minutes after it posted mm -hmm. but I was thinking man, you hear this kind of stuff every now and then, and it's always like, you know, 10 minutes later, Kobe's going to come out and say, you know, I was, you know, it was not me. And, yeah. But then it started picking up steam, and then Woj, I knew, I mean, when Woj posts it. Yeah, it's, that's, that's it's pretty it. much solid then. And it started to sink in, but yeah, I just it still don't feel, it don't feel, I mean, you never, you don't expect for somebody like Kobe to go out like that. So I, I saw, I don't know if y'all saw the Tracy McGrady, um, Interview uh, thing. interview on the jump yeah. today, and you know Tracy McGrady had like a very unique relationship with Kobe in that they sort of grew up together, and like he even said on the jump that you know he used to spend lots of nights over at Kobe's house staying with his parents. Yeah, and so he did have a, a you know more unique relationship than even than a lot of other people did. But uh, man, the thing that just got me was when he said. He's, he was talking about it, and he said, you know, just now thinking about this, Kobe always said he wanted to die young. Yeah. 
and he said that he wanted to leave a legacy and then die young so that he could be immortalized. And that's basically what's going to happen. I mean, Kobe is, I think that now, you know, I think about when Heath Ledger died, you know, like his, his performance in the dark Knight obviously was incredible anyway, but because he died, it like raised it to another level because it was like his last real performance. Yeah. And then he won the Oscar for it, you know, post-mortem. And I, th- I remember there being some controversy. Like, I don't know if I could, I don't even know if at that point, like a comic book character had ever won an Oscar before, but something about like when you die, it, especially if you're a polarizing figure like Kobe or like, you know, an actor or something like that in your prime. And not that Kobe was in his prime as far as his athletic stage, but he's still in the prime of life. I mean, he was only 41. Right. I feel like that, that Kobe's legacy will be so much more monumental now that he's dead than it ever would have been if he would have lived to be a hundred. Yeah. Like, I think the argument now will be easy that Kobe was the greatest basketball player of all time. As weird as that sounds. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to say that. The, uh, the spot. I think people will just have a different look about it because as before, it was Kobe versus LeBron versus Michael. Who's the best? Now it's... I see a lot of people on social media just being appreciative of all three of them. Yeah. More so, not that they're saying that, oh, Kobe's the GOAT because he died. They're just saying how much they appreciated him while he was here. I do think it would be really awesome if they ended up changing the logo. I think that would be, I think it's been a long time coming anyway. And, you know, a lot of people thought it should have been Jordan. But then, I mean, you really can't do the Jordan symbol because that's his trademark trademark. now. But... You certainly could do a Kobe symbol. You know, I mean, it would be that would be the greatest way to like cement him in NBA history. Well, I saw, uh, and today is Monday, so by the time this comes out, you know, it it may be even bigger. But I saw a petition was going around, and even as soon as maybe a couple hours ago, it was up to like eight hundred thousand people man. were were trying to. Uh, they had signed it, wanting that to happen. So, and I tell you, man, I you know Adam Silver is one of these guys that he would he would do that. Yeah, like he would be. He likes to be known for well, making that would, huge changes. That would be his. That'd be his that, legacy. That would be yeah. He was the commissioner that changed the yeah. logo. Yeah, the ultimate act of you know solidifying respect, Kobe's, showing respect yeah. to Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, man, it's so weird. Like, it's it doesn't even seem real still. Like it. I've been going through my Instagram, and I mean, especially yesterday, but even now, it's just everything's Kobe. Yeah. Still, everything's Kobe. And I, I do a lot of sports pages, but I follow people who don't post about sports ever, and they mention Kobe in their stories. Yeah. Post a picture of him or something. And every time, like, I see him... It's still so weird. It's like every time I see the passing of Kobe Bryant or players react to Kobe's death, it just that's such a sentence I thought I'd never hear in my entire life. Yeah. So strange. Well, even like Magic. Did y'all see where Magic was like, I thought Kobe was going to live forever. Yeah. 
that's definitely how it it felt. I mean, to I mean, kids when we were kids, like growing up, seeing Kobe. I mean, we saw him in the later half of his career. Um, I know Josh saw him earlier, but he's like a superhero. You know, he. Oh yeah. He's like, uh, like I told you guys earlier. It's like all of these athletes are like superhumans that can only, that can do things that we can only dream of doing. And I told Autumn the other day, I was like, as bad as it sounds, it almost felt like death was beneath Kobe. Yeah. It felt like something that could never happen to him. And I think that's what takes a lot of people back is just that you see these athletes, you see these, you know, actors and, and whatever. And then, you just think, well, they're untouchable, but at the end of the day, they're no different than anybody else. I mean, they they were no different yep. than the other seven. You know, him and his yep. daughter were no different from the other seven people on Absolutely. that helicopter. It resets the human psyche when something like this happens. Well, it's like, and not not comparing this in any way, but um, just think of like when the OJ thing happened. Everybody was like, "That's a football player." Yeah, like. That's never been heard of a football yeah. player, you know, or he wasn't, he was already out of football, but he was in television and he was a commentator on like, you know, Monday night football. He was a movie star. I mean, he was loved by so many people. Yeah. It's like, there is no way it's he thing, did this. Yeah. Things like that, that just, it just, they just <coughs> blow your mind. Yeah. Even like the Aaron Hernandez thing, you know, I was watching yeah. the documentary oh, man. and when the, you know, when he got arrested, everybody was like, he couldn't do that. He plays for the Patriots. He's yeah. a football player. No, but at the end no of the day, idea what his background? Yeah, was. at the end of the day, they're just as capable of as doing that as anybody else yeah. is. Yeah, I mean it's it's a weird thing when celebrities or you know these polarizing figures pass away, expect especially unexpectedly. You know, like the uh, um, there's been so many like tragedies just in the last few years of of rappers and like Nipsey Hussle and. Um, yeah, a lot of young Mac uh, Miller, yeah, and um, XXX Tentacion is that how you say it? Yeah, something like that, Tentacion. But like these, you know, just obviously they're those are different than Kobe because Kobe's was a you know pure accident, whereas well, I, I think it's different because like you take Juice World, he died like like a, no longer than a month ago, month ago. He was 21. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a tragedy because of how young he was and how much people loved his music. But with Kobe, so many people watched him grow up. He came into the league at 17. I, I would, you know, as much as Michael Jordan is thought of as, you know, obviously one of the greatest of all times, you just ask your average person today to rank stardom of – just sports figures or even just people in general. And Kobe is way up towards the top. And I would even say MJ would be, I mean, he would be high, but he wouldn't be anywhere near where Kobe is or LeBron or like, because there's, it's so fresh. Like Kobe is still so fresh in the minds of so many people. I mean, he only retired four years ago and even still, he's been very much a part of the game. You know, Michael kind of – he yeah, he does his ownership or he's, you know, general manager or whatever, but he kind of faded off 
after he retired and kind of Michael's legacy stays alive in the mouths of those who are like on ESPN. Yeah. Who keep talking about it. Yeah. Not that like it's annoying, but like but he didn't he keeps living on through that he didn't go the route of commentator you know like charles barkley or tracy mcgrady or jalen rose or you know all these guys he didn't go the route of i mean yeah he went into entrepreneurship but it wasn't you know thought of like it is today like social media plays a gigantic role in these players popularity because we get to yeah i mean we get to see these these people's every move like everything that they either they're posting it or somebody else is posting it about them so we knew exactly what kobe was doing all the time we knew about his his daughter's basketball team we knew about his entrepreneurship with his other business assets he we knew about his oscar winning you know basketball shorts like i mean all these things that he did and that elevates his popularity and his status and that's why it makes it so almost unbelievable that he's gone. Uh, speaking about Michael again, yeah, even though he's not, he's like a hermit basically. He's not on social media or anything. Mm-hmm. But when he speaks, everyone was. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's garnered that kind of legacy. The one thing that Kobe has that I don't think any other athlete has is you ask anybody just about anybody on the planet and probably just about everybody at some point in their life has been playing basketball and has thrown up a shot and yelled Kobe. I mean, that's just nobody ever did that with Michael Jordan. Nobody's ever really done. I mean, you hear it with LeBron, but like you kind of hear it with Steph. You hear it with Steph a little bit, but like Kobe, maybe. Kobe was the, that was the big that's that's it like that's that's the one that everybody always said and one day like 65 years old hopefully one day i'll be that old mm-hmm. and i'll throw something at the at the trash can miss it horribly and yeah co- and kobe, kobe. <laughs> and my great-grandson will be like who's that yeah no your great-grandson will be like i remember kobe yeah yeah youtube will still be around by yeah that. So that's what's crazy is, you know, you never would have guessed that, you know, you'd have to, which Josh, you've got kids. And so, you you know, I, I don't, I know your kids are still young. I don't know how much they knew about Kobe, but me and Jackson have kids. Watch we'll tell them about Kobe in the past tense because he's, yeah. you know, you, you would figure that, you know, the kids would be able to grow up. They would be on YouTube. They would see him play and then they would, you know, watch a game and they would say, well, there's Kobe sitting on the sidelines you yeah. know, at a Laker game. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be – It's know. it's weird. My boys only know Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. That's the only three basketball names that they know. Because they're just not – like Jack's older. He's eight now. Harrison's still not really old enough to get into it. But Jack never has really gotten into watching basketball or really kind of knowing about the, the players and stuff. But he knows those names. Yeah. He knows those three names. And yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's gonna be so weird talking about him in the past tense. And like the thing is, is like Kobe was doing everything right. Like, yeah, you know, you can look at his past and he's had ups and downs in his life and his career and that kind of stuff, but at this point in his life, everybody talks about all the inspiring things that he was doing. All the time and money and Kobe effort. Was gonna inspire the next 
generation of ball players. Yeah. Like, how much he had done for the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Like, how much he had done for youth sports. Like, just the city of Los Angeles in general. And that's another thing to talk about, too, is that we lost Gigi. Yeah. Was probably going to change. She was going to be a WNBA, WNBA superstar. And she would have changed the way people looked at the WNBA. I mean, it's easy to say that now when someone's passed, but, I mean, they she had a fadeaway. Yeah. You know, she, she looked like Kobe. She looked like Kobe. You watch some of the, like, a few of those highlight videos. Like, people make them, like, uh, like they do for, like, regular high school players. Yeah. Like, slam online or whatever they're yeah. called. And it's like, like, like the title of the video that I saw was, like, Gigi Got Game. Yeah. You know? It's just sad, man. Golly. It's just... That the post that you sent us today, man, that got me tough because when you put yourself in the mind of a parent and just thinking about what his wife is going through right now, it's bad enough to lose a spouse. It's on another level to lose a child. Yeah. And I just can't, I can't imagine it. I mean, it's just. Well, I can't imagine. And, and nobody really knows as far as, you know, if they were aware of what was about to happen or yeah. if it just kind of happened simultaneously. But the post that I sent you guys was like, you know, it was saying you have to wonder what he was thinking yeah. knowing that he couldn't tell her everything was going to be all right, you yeah. know, or he couldn't protect her. He was defenseless in that point, you know. Yeah. I don't even have kids, but I know that if, you know, that, you know, being in that situation with your own kids. That's one of the worst feelings in the world is feel, <laughs> feeling – helpless when it comes to your child like obviously the stuff that we've been through with jack and his heart disease and like that was the worst feeling while he was in the hospital was i can't do anything like i'm completely helpless like i'm not a doctor i'm not a miracle worker i can't heal him you know but that feeling of just like you have to allow either somebody else to take care of him or you have to allow god to take care of him that's hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the, cause as a, and I know women feel the same way, but I feel like men have a, a fix it mentality. And like, that's all you want to do is, is fix it. You just want to take care of it. You want to protect it. And that's exact. It's amplified by a million towards your kids. And like, of course you worry about your kids every day with anything that could happen. But that feeling of helplessness, God, man, that's that's the worst feeling in the world. So I, I hope and pray that it was quick, that yeah. it was just unexpected. It was just boom, it was done. You know, like you hope that there was no agony or you know anything being. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to even talk about that. But every parent says they don't have favorites, but Gigi was definitely his. I mean, that was his. You know, he was he spent the most time with her as far as she loved basketball the most of his kids yeah. and he was spent yeah, he was with her with and they were going to her camp and, and so they were you know, she was always the one that was at the games with him you know, everybody got the pictures and the videos and everything, yeah. so <clears throat> man, it's such a hard thing to even think about, but somebody I saw somebody made a post about something saying obviously Vanessa, his wife, and the other kids that they have, it's going to be incredibly painful for years to come. But 
for Kobe to have died along with his daughter, like if somehow he would have survived and she died, that would have been one of the worst things to live with. Yeah. And so you, you don't want either one of them to die. Obviously you don't want any of those people to die, but I don't know. There's some solace or peace that you can have knowing that they both died instead of just one or the other, you know, like, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. It's hard to, to think that, that that Gigi didn't die alone. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure if Kobe were, if that was the case and Kobe were still here, uh, even in death, I would say that he would want us to focus more on Gigi. Yeah. On Gianna. Because I'm sure he valued her life way more than he Oh, absolutely. I saw the, you know, they finally released the names of the other victims in the crash. And one of them, or the three of them was a husband and wife and their daughter, the daughter who also played on the same team. And they had two other kids. I think they were both grown maybe like, but I think about like their life now, like they just lost both their parents and their sister. Like, I don't know. How do you even live with yourself at that point? Like, how do you, how do you carry on from that point? Yeah. I always think about Saran Stacy. Yeah. He was uh played at Alabama and the most tragic story you've ever heard in your life. They literally was it a car accident. Yeah, they got hit by a drunk driver. And it killed his wife and all but one of his children. Yeah. And he survived. And they had like what, six kids or something like that? I think it was four. Or maybe four. Yeah. I actually, uh, when I was living over in Hoover, we were going to uh, a pretty a pretty big church, and he came and spoke. Like I heard that story in person. Yeah, it's it's unreal. I mean, oh, it's devastating to hear. Yeah, he he still, you know, that's it's uh, it happened, you know, several years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, he's probably told that story. I mean, he goes oh, everywhere and tells that story. Times, yeah. But every time, I mean, he still he can't get through the story. I yeah. mean. You never, you never move past anything like that. It's yeah. always going to be with you. Yeah. Well, and he's he's at least turned it into something positive. Yeah. You know, he's made it his mission in life to spread that that word of faith to people because he'll tell you that that's the only thing that got him through it. Yeah. And you know, I I don't I don't know what you know, Kobe and Vanessa, their families, what their, you know, faith was, but, you know, you hope and pray that in the end, ultimately that they did know Jesus and that, you know, maybe we'll see him one day, but cause at the end of the day, no matter who you are, no matter what you do on this earth, none of that matters right. at the end, you know, it's just mm. that, that to me as a believer, that's one of the hardest things for me to think about, you know, like, when he, just when anybody dies in general, you know, not knowing for sure. I mean, yeah. he very well could have been saved. I have no idea. I have no, I have no room to judge. No reason to say either way. But to think that you know, if somebody isn't and they don't know Jesus, then that's that's a hard hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, I had a really good friend of mine that I worked with for years. Uh, he was thirty six. Just all of a sudden died in his sleep from a um, hit a Aneurysm. blood clot and it went to his heart 
and you know you just never know i mean just like kobe i mean you never you're never promised your next breath so you just never know and i really struggled not knowing if he was saved or not and really (laughs) struggled with it for a while and then i finally read his obituary like a week later and they said that he had recently given his life to christ and it just like it like gave a wave of relief over me you really don't have i mean i hope it doesn't happen but I could be killed in a car accident tomorrow. You know, I could, I mean, you just never know. Like it's, you're never promised tomorrow. So that in itself can lead people to start to question their spirituality or their question eternity or question what happens after you die. And that could potentially lead you to, you know, lead people to Christ. I couldn't imagine going through life thinking that, well, once I die, that's it. Like, yeah. like nothing. Yeah. Like what what would the purpose of of life be then? Yeah. You know, there is there would be no purpose. It means it's meaningless. Then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you don't believe in anything <coughs> after death, then life is completely meaningless. I don't I don't think that you know people can say that they don't believe in anything. It's you know, what is it if you're a, a true atheist is somebody who can prove that it doesn't exist? Yeah. You know, so there's really no such thing as an atheist because nobody can really prove what happens after death. But, <clears throat> well, like Mark Lowry, I know you you know who Mark Lowry mm-hmm. is. He said he was uh, he's got a, a famous skit that he's done that's on YouTube, and he was talking about how uh, he had some friends over to his house one day, and his friends brought a friend who ended up being an atheist. Mm-hmm. And he started off by saying, "He said I wish I had that kind of faith to believe that just <laughs> you know we just happened to form, yeah, and everything in it was perfect, yeah." Literally, if the sun was any further away, the whole planet would freeze. If it was any closer, it would just, yeah, yeah, it would burn. Every organ in your body is meant for something. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's, it takes a lot more faith to believe believe that that just happened. Happened out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Uh, uh, I mean, that's the scientific uh, theory of how everything started was the Big Bang. And they won't go any further. Before that, they were just like, before there was nothing. Yeah. And then, boom, something appeared out of nothing, and that's literally the only time in science where that's allowed to happen, where something can be created from nothing. Yeah. I mean, even if, um, I mean, even if you don't believe that, um, you know, the, the world was created by hand, I mean, somebody had to hit the switch or something had to hit the switch and, you know, make it go boom. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, is like God could have very well created it to be a, an explosion. Yeah. Like well, that's said, what a lot of people say that the big, yeah, like the big bang is just when God said, let there be light. Yeah. That's what a lot of people yeah. say. Because the thing is, is like even scientists will tell you there's only so far that they can go back. Right. Like there's a point where they reach a limit. Like they can't, go any further back and you know whether you believe that it's millions and billions of years or you believe it's just six thousand years you know whatever well and there's also what's funny is is scientists will tell you that a lot of stories from the bible are true like yeah like the flood like there is proof that there was a worldwide flood yeah yeah there's a i mean even jesus the person there's 
thousands and, and multiple upon religions. Thousands. Yeah, I mean, there's most religions will acknowledge that Jesus was a person. Yeah, that he was actually a person. They just don't acknowledge that yeah. he rose on the third day. Yeah, that's right. Boy, I didn't realize we were going to start <laughs> preaching the gospel in this podcast. But I mean, it, it does. I mean, it makes you think about those things because you do have ultimately you have to be prepared i mean that's what you that's what you preach to people all the time who are unbelievers is like you can't wait around like you can't just sit back and wait till your deathbed yeah. you know you can't well that's the thing i mean you you never you never know i mean you could be bill russell and be 975,000 years old <laughs> yeah. yes keith richards yeah i mean <laughs> But then that dude's gonna outlive all of us. I mean, I mean, you know, Kobe didn't know when he woke up yesterday that that was gonna happen. Obviously, I mean, you you never know. Yeah, his daughter didn't know that. I mean, his daughter was how old? Thirteen. Yeah. I'm reading this article that this is from a couple years ago, and uh, this this was a interview with GQ magazine. 2015 I believe and it talks about Kobe's difficulties in his personal life you know facing the sexual assault charges that was later dismissed um, he said that you know confronting those challenges led him to consider certain life choices that he was making and return to his faith for guidance and this is a quote from him he said um, the one thing that really helped me during the process he said I'm Catholic I grew up Catholic my kids are Catholic was talking to a priest. It was actually kind of funny. He looks at me and says, did you do it? And I said, of course not. Then he asks, do you have a good lawyer? <laughs> he <laughs> says, uh, yeah, he's phenomenal. So then he just said, let it go. Move on. God's not going to give you anything you can't handle. And it's in his hands now. This is something you can't control. So just let it go. And that was the turning point. And he said that he started attending Catholic Mass weekly, including the morning of the accident that took his life. And, oh, man. It's just so many. It, that gives you comfort in knowing that, you know, based off those reports and based off what he said, that he was a believer. Kobe kept that to his chest because that's something I never knew about. Yeah, I never knew that either. So, you know, Kobe started his career in 1996 at the humble age of 17. And I'm very, I feel like I'm very lucky in that I was a kid and I grew up at the end of Jordan's career, toward, you know, the last several years of his career. But I got to grow up and watch his and Kobe's entire career. Just like y'all have been able to do with LeBron. And I remember specifically watching some of his very first games as a kid. Not really knowing who he was, honestly. Like, I, you know, of course, when he got drafted in the NBA, I was only seven years old. So I, I, I remember watching his games, but not really understanding, you know, who he really was. But. I remember specifically watching the three NBA championships he won with Shaq. I remember that very specifically. I was about 
10, 11, 12 years old during that time. And then to see him continue to progress in his career. And it, it was, it was a really awesome thing to be able to witness his entire career and to say that I was able to, to watch his entire career. Um, man, there's a lot of great moments though. The, uh, I mean, I'm sure you can go back on this podcast and hear me say it again, uh, but the first time I ever saw a basketball player was in the basement of our house. You had a Kobe Bryant. On the dresser, yep. On that white dresser, you had like Kobe stickers yep. on the on the side of it, and I must have been like five, six years old, somewhere around there. Yep. I remember just going down there and seeing it. Like that image is burned in my brain. Yep. Like my whole life, like especially now, but like for my whole life, I've always remembered seeing Kobe for the first time. I'm pretty sure I saw him before I saw Michael. Um, I think the first time I saw Michael was Space Jam. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I mean, well, the thing is, like, you were you were born in 99, and at that point, Michael's career was pretty much over. Like, he was already – yeah, he was, he was already – It was the, a year after he won his last title. Yeah, so he was about to, you know, go to the Wizards and make a fool of himself. But – so you didn't really like you only knew about Michael much later after probably 10 years after his career, not almost 10 years after his career ended because you weren't around for that. But Kobe was already in his prime as you were a little kid and Kobe was always my favorite basketball player. And so it was just natural that you were going to hear about Kobe Bryant. So, I think my obviously the most memorable Kobe moment had to be his last game for me. I mean, just because everybody was watching. I mean, nobody expected him to go for sixty, dude. But was, I, th- I think that's an yeah. We were at no, we I wasn't it? there. I was. No, you, I was you the came bus. over here and watched it with me. Yeah, that was the. It yeah, was it was funny because it was the same night the Warriors were going to break the NBA record and, like <laughs> and nobody lost, cared. Yeah. No, they won. Man, the, nobody cared. Seventy third game. Yeah. that's right. That's right. They win their seventy third. And game. nobody, nobody, cared. nobody watched it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but I guess besides that, I mean, because everybody would probably say that. Uh, I guess one of my most memorable moments was because I was I've always been a Celtics fan, but I was a really big Celtics fan in the mid to late two thousands once. You Kevin know, Gardner, Ray and Paul Kevin. Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't remember which one it was, but because uh, the Celtics won the first matchup because they, they played like three years in a row and the Celtics beat on the first time. And then the second time when Kobe won, he went and jumped up on the stanchion after it was over. You know, All right, that was uh, I was watching during that. And that would have to be my two most memorable. Kobe well, his moments. so his season in 2006 was just astonishing. I think that may have been like the pinnacle of his scoring career. He won the NBA scoring title. He had like the highest scoring percentage of his career. That was the same year of his 81-point game. But a lot of people forget the uh, the game against Dallas that same year. He had 62 points in three quarters. Yeah. And then Phil Jackson sat him for the fourth quarter. And the score – was 62 no 
the score was I can't remember exactly what the score was, but Bryant had sixty two, and the Mavericks had sixty one as a team. Mm-hmm. Like it was insane. Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember that, but I remember that Kobe had more points than the other team. Then then the entire team combined. Um, the finals uh, alley oop to Shaq. You know, that's still one of the most memorable moments. Um, when he hits the free throws after tearing his Achilles. That, to me, like even Richard Sherman said in an interview, I think maybe today, that that, that was, you know, well after the Mamba mentality had already been created. But it's like, it was like sealed at that point. And like he even said, like, when he saw he saw Kobe walk off the court after making those free throws after tearing his Achilles, and then he said when he tore his own Achilles, that came into his mind, I've got to walk off this field. Like that's the same, like it immediately brought him back to that. Um my fav one of my favorite Kobe moments of all time is when um uh, Matt Barnes tries to throw the ball in his face and, you don't and even he doesn't flinch. flinch. Yeah. That to me is Kobe in a nutshell. That thinking of, I heard somebody talking today that Kobe didn't have a lot of friends during his career until towards the end because he was a very old school type player that all he cared about was winning. Yeah. And, you know, the, the NBA today, is so different than it was even 25 years ago. Yeah. Even like Charles Barkley and those guys will tell you, like, we hated each other. Right. We didn't hang out with each other after the game or before the game. We didn't go out to dinner or go parasailing or sitting on banana boats together in Miami. Like, they were so competitive, and that's exactly the way Kobe was. That was one thing that always drew me to liking him so much was that he didn't care anything about his opponent. Even his like his teammates. A lot of his teammates had a hard time getting being at least somewhat friendly with him. But they'll all say the same thing. Like, I couldn't stand the guy, but he made me so much better of a basketball player. Yeah. And that's who he was. But then the same guy was talking about I can't remember his name. He was on Fox News talking about it. He's the same guy that Rick Fox. No, not Rick Fox. He was the same guy that talked about he was the last off-court interview that he gave to him. He's that little short white guy, like Jim Jim Bayer or something like that. Jim Gray. And he, man, you know, he just, he was choked up about it because, I mean, he covered his entire career. He gave his first interview and he gave his last one. And Kobe, like, made that specific for Jim. Like, he wanted him to be the last one. But he said that towards the end of his career, and then especially after his career, he was a totally different person. Yeah. Like he went from like incredibly fierce competitor to somebody who inspires people, you know, like it's just, it's crazy. Like how the turn, you know, of events really made him the person that he was. Kobe always inspired. Just in different ways. He switched as soon as he retired, he, he transitioned. Yeah. Like I would say during his career, I, it's hard to say exactly how he would have responded, but the way that he responded to LeBron's passing him, LeBron passing him in points, 
you know, just mad respect. Like he talked to him, you know, called him on the phone and that kind of stuff. Like that's the, a different Kobe than it was 10, 15 years ago. Like he's obviously, he obviously made a huge change in his life to me. And people might disagree with this, but that is a very like spiritual thing. Like yeah. when you, when you turn your life over to Christ, like it says in the Bible that you, the old you is gone and you are a new creation. Like I firmly believe, cause he said that was like 2013, 2014 or whatever. I firmly believe that maybe that's part of the reason why he changed who he was. But everybody said how it was so crazy how Kobe, this fierce competitor, this, this, you know, the guy could just all of a sudden just snap his fingers and let it all go. Yeah. He always said in interviews, like people would ask him, was like, if the Lakers go 0-5 to start the season, are you going to come back? And he'd be like, no. Yeah. Like, not at all. There is, I think, uh... There was never any hesitation for his retirement. Oh, man. I, this is another moment that I remember specifically of him. When he was on Jimmy Kimmel, and it was the year that the Lakers were really bad, and he was <laughs> he was playing. Which year? It was, uh, it was like 2000... Was it like Nick Young? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, it was the young guys, and they showed a... They showed a clip of them winning a game or something, and the all the younger guys were like dancing and high fiving and having a great time. And then they showed Kobe, and he was like stone cold. And then they come back from the clip, and he's sitting in that chair just like pissed. Like, and he asked him, he says, like, what what's going through your mind? Are you not having fun? He said, we lost. We were terrible. I wasn't having any fun. Like. That just shows you the guy that he was. Like, he was always going to be a competitor, and he was always going to be – he wanted to win.